Survivor fans and welcome back to Australian Survivor Talking Tribal, the show that breaks down the big moves and blind sides of Brains versus Brawn. I'm your host, Nathan Morris, and before we dive into it, let's make sure that you're up to date with the latest episodes of Australian Survivor. We don't want to spoil anything. If you haven't caught up, you can watch every episode on 10 Play on demand. Joining me, as always, is Survivor superfan and now my good friend, Shannon Gus. Hi, Shan. Oh, my God, I'm so glad you think that we're good friends. I agree. Thank <laughs> and you. And I'm sad this week. I'm sad to lose Simon especially. Like, what a great character, but what a massive blindside, historical blindside. I cannot wait to get into code Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought we'd give this castaway a break from swallowing flies in the outback. Everybody. It's Nick Iodanza. Welcome, Nick. Hi, Nathan. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I ate a lot of flies out there. They weren't very delicious. But you know what was delicious? What? An epic blindside at the end of this week. Sad, but delicious. Oh, it was bloody good, I can tell you that much. It's great to have you on the show, Nick. Um, you've been you. on the set with Brains versus Braun. Was Jonathan surprised to see <laughs> your face again? Look, he loves me, I'm sure. He's never really said that. But it doesn't matter because wherever he goes around the globe, I follow him. Fiji, Samoa, the Outback. It's like he just does not know where I'm going to pop up next. Yeah, that's called stalking, Nick. It's actually (laughs) illegal. Now, before the three of us dive deep into the game, let's have a recap of what happened on Australian Survivor this week. It's been 20 days in the Aussie Outback and our tribe mates are feeling the heat. At the reward challenge, Jonathan offers a delicious prize like no other. From the Survivor Taco Cart. A taco stand wasn't the only surprise waiting back at camp. Are you back? After losing the immunity challenge... Tensions arise within the brain's tribe. G, 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 G. Yeah, done. I'm glad that caucus meeting is over. Let's go to Parliament. The majority alliance take control. Georgia. And Georgia is sent packing. The next day, Haley discovers that Danny has a few tricks up her sleeve. Play the alpha, get close to the alpha, get rid of the alpha. Like, I'm going to need help to pull it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Staying true to their name, Braun win another immunity challenge, sending brains to tribal council. Emmett uses his power over the tribe to target Rachel. Pick him off one by one, man. That's the plan. But she won't go down without a fight. We can flip that, George, and we can turn this whole game that's happening here upside down. Jonathan reads out the votes, and it's Rachel who's going home. Rachel. Did you bring your torch? Yo! Who's gonna bring home the chalkies? And he does! Brains win the war! The brain tribe earned themselves a sweet trip to the candy shop. (laughs) Kara digs in and discovers a clue. So this may change everything. At the Braun camp, Danny has plans to throw the immunity challenge. So, between you and I, mm. Simon, he has two idols. <gasps> Thinking about throwing the challenge? Let your guys know, because mm-hmm. mine are on board. Okay. Yep. Come on, guys, doing great. Trying to get it to stick. Hold it. Three, two, one, that's it! 
all goes according to plan and Braun are sent to Tribal Council. Simon is set on voting out Flick. I need her gone before she gives me the flick. But little does he know that it's his name that's on the chopping block. Haley suggests a backup plan. I don't want Flick to be collateral damage. I want it to be Danny. Cara and George join Tribal Council. Simon. And in an Australian Survivor first... Simon. Simon is sent packing... Simon. ..with two immunity idols in his pocket. Simon. <sighs> Fine side. Well done, guys. Sorry. One thing's for sure, Jonathan certainly knows how to sell a margarita. Nick, let's go to the beginning, right? So Simon thinks he's sitting on top of the tribe. But Haley is calling a lot of the shots. Who do you think is leading Team Braun? A hundred percent, Haley. I think she's just got this perfect way she finesses the game, and I think that one of the words she used at Tribal Council sums up her game perfectly. She said, "Delicate." It seems delicate, but it's actually really, really clever the way she's controlling everyone. Yeah, I think that she's super inclusive. That's what. Yep. That's the difference. What do you think, Shannon? I mean, if you look at her game, just socially, she's worked with everyone in the game. She was in the majority on OG Brains, and then she worked with the minority to turn against them. Now on the next tribe, she has worked with, obviously she's united the Brains that maybe she had fractured a little bit. She's brought them all back together. Then she has a fake alliance with Simon, Danny, and Chelsea, and a real alliance with Flick. She's working with everyone, so her social game is amazing. She sees the game so clearly, and the way that she then dictates strategy, it's actually beautiful to watch. Oh, her demeanour is something something that I haven't seen on this series before. She just comes in like the silent killer, but she's so super intelligent, isn't she, Nick? Absolutely. Like, I love, like, watching the little moments that characterise her as this, like, silent assassin. Like, one of the moments I loved is that when Rachel says to her, oh, it's going to be me, this is in their post-challenge huddle, she says, it's going to be me, you just hear her, you hear Hayley say, well, you know, throw some mud around, tell some lies. And it's just like the perfect way that she says it with a smile, shows she's always thinking. And I love that she actually, like, volunteers to sit out of challenges. Hayley is undoubtedly one of the strongest people on that tribe, but by sitting out... She is lowering herself in terms of the totem pole of the tribe. Definitely. So she never actually stands out like an Emmett or a Simon. Yeah. She just has this game, like, I think she understands the game perfectly. Now, Shannon, what about Hayley deciding to work with Flick? What do you think about that situation? Smart move? It was such a good move. I mean, as I've said, that she's been working with every single person, so of course she has to bring Flick in. And that seems like quite a genuine alliance. We see that she really puts herself out there to save Flick later in the week um, with the making sure that she wasn't collateral on the split vote. So, again, just a brilliant social game from her. She lays it out very logically as well, like why would we go for a three when we could go for a one? And I think Flick is, you know, reads that quite genuinely and is grateful for her to kind of reach out an arm there. Do you agree, Nick? Absolutely. Like, if I was out there and I was in the four and I had to choose to work with a three or a one, I'm not isolating that one when I still have the majority over the three. Well, first of all, if you isolate that one person, all it takes is the fear that they have an idol and it's undermined your entire plan. And by going with the one and leaving the three out, like, you now have a buffer to get yourself to the merge. So I think that she made the perfect play and I think Flick and Haley are a really good team. Oh, I'm just so impressed. Haley seems to be playing chess moves four plays ahead. 
It's yeah. unbelievable what she's doing. I want to talk about Emmett, right? He is amazing at the tar at the at, at the challenges. He is a machine. What do you think about his control of the tribe, Shan? I never thought I'd say this, but I thought Emmett was really good this week strategically. I thought he was absolutely the best on brains. I thought he was good at handling Kez and having a lot of logic in that, saying, like, don't go against OG Braun, while still trying to give her a bit of autonomy and handling her quite delicately, I thought. There's that word again. And then I thought that his decision to uh, throw the challenge was really, really smart. He was trying to prevent what ended up happening to Simon at the end of this week. It made a lot of sense. They had a lot of options and control on that tribe. My only thing is why he didn't finish the job, keep going with it. I mean, obviously, you could maybe be scared that Laura has an idol as no one in his alliance seems to have an idol and she became the only option. But I would have definitely run through. We could have had a bit of a throw-off of both tribes trying to throw yeah. that challenge at the yeah. end. Not sure what would have happened there. But I really liked the move from him and I thought he was on point pretty much the whole week. All I wanted was to see both tribes try to throw a challenge. That would have been <laughs> hilarious. And it would go to, for two days because yeah. yeah. the winner. Exactly. Nick, what do you think it about could be worse. What do you think about Emmett and his control? Look, I think that Emmett has a good natural read of the game. I think that he is very in your face about it. He does make a lot of unilateral decisions, but I do think that that's virtue of playing with Kez and Gerald. And I think that they are much more under the radar, happy to go with the flow. Um, I think that they all wear their hearts on their sleeve. Like you could see that when they lost the challenge, it looked like they had just come back from like a bachelor party or something. They were like cheering. Kez was like, you know, jauntily skipping over to the other tribe. Like you just lost Kez. You need to kind of play it a little bit better there. But I really like that Emmett is thinking ahead. The only thing I didn't like is that he was literally cleaning his nails while he was supposed to be doing the puzzle. It's like Emmett, You don't want dirty nails, okay? Maybe it's legitimate. I want to talk about the decision whether to stick with your alliance or not. Um, Say in the matter of Kez. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I would think that this is not a decision for Kez to flip to rocks for people you've already voted against two times. You kind of just met against your alliance. I would say there's not much of a decision there. The only reason I thought this had a remote chance of happening is because this cast is completely chaotic and I don't know what they're going to do next. So I thought maybe, but as Emmett said, and he was right this whole week, apparently, uh, it would have been survivor suicide. It wouldn't have been a great move. And I thought to seem so wishy-washy, to describe yourself as Play-Doh, I mean, if I was your allies, I wouldn't really like that. I, I wouldn't find a lot of faith in that. Where Emmett maybe upset the other alliance and became a target for them in ways by acting so strong to his alliance, uh, that could have some problems. Maybe if they're going to idle someone out, it might be you. But if I was his allies, I'd be pretty happy with how loyal he's been and how strong he's been. So I was on his side in that way as well. I know, the Play-Doh call, that was unbelievable. Yeah. Say that at Tribal <laughs> Council. What did you think about I'm Kez? extremely disloyal. Like, no, like, I don't know which way I'm going to vote. I don't think allies enjoy hearing that. I can be bought by anyone. Nick, what yeah, do you think exactly. about Kez? Yeah, exactly. Like, people can form me into any shape they want. I'm, I'm not toxic and go. children yeah. can eat me. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, I thought that Kez, if she had flipped, it would have been one of the all-time worst moves yeah. in Survivor history to flip mm-hmm. to to tie. Like, like he's not, you're not even flipping yeah. getting your way. Like by flipping, she puts herself directly in the line of fire with the rock situation. Um, so um, I really wanted her to do it, <laughs> and I thought, like Shannon said, that there was an outside chance that she would have. I certainly, as a player, would never, ever, 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 ever have done that. But I was hoping she did. Okay, well, Nick, it's 
I want to talk about the anatomy of a split boat. Mm. Tell me about that. You've been in Survivor. Yeah, I've been involved in many split boats uh, in my time. Um, I think what's really important is when a split boat is being decided, it's usually one person who's deciding, okay, these four people vote that name and these three people vote that name. When you are trying to figure out your place in the tribe, take note of which group you're in. If you are placed in the group that has the majority of the numbers, you're the person that the tribe can rely on. You're the person who the tribe doesn't think is going to flip their vote at the last minute. You are the solid number. If they don't trust you, you'll be put as the backup vote because even if you do decide to do something tricky, it's never going to actually have a difference. And I've been involved in many split votes and I always, like George did, try to put myself in a place where if I want to flip at the last minute, I can. I think back to what Harry and I did at the beginning of All Stars. But if you're not trusted and you don't get to make the decision, big red flag, your tribe doesn't trust you. I'm really confused with George and his decision whether to split the vote or not because he had a chance to get rid of Emmett, right? He ended up going with Rachel... But then in the next episode, we see that he decides that he wants to start targeting Emmett. Shannon, do you think he should have split then or do you think he should have waited like he has now? Well, I think, it, you know, as Nick's saying, when you put yourself on the majority of the split vote, at least he gives himself the option. And I love the way that, as you're saying, Nick, who's on each side, you try and make it look really natural. You know, you put the girls <laughs> yeah. on, on the second. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. I'm not a girl, so that worked out. Yeah. Um, and then you put someone really wishy-washy like Kez on the second, which I also thought mm -hmm. was really smart. So I love that George is clearly thinking about it at that level. Um, I don't think that he should have flipped as the split foot without Kara. I think, you know, going back to a 3-3 without your number one ally would have yeah. been a really bad move. But I do Absolutely. think he should have brought Kara into flip here because, as he says, he knows he's on the bottom. We don't know when merge is. It was looking like they were going to lose a lot of challenges until Braun decided to throw the challenge. So I would be really worried if I was him. And we're at very, very similar numbers with a slight OG brains majority of these OG tribes. And I think that could have meaning. So I do think he should have flipped here with Kara but I think as well, like, Survivor is a social game and he's had no love lost with Laura and with Rachel and I think that really does matter. Nick, what do you think? Look, I, I disagree. I think that he should definitely not have flipped. Obviously, if he flipped with Kara, then that makes it better, but there was no intention of him telling Kara. You should never isolate your number one alliance just to kind of, like, control a vote. Allies are more important than you know, slight perceived, you know, power of actually running one tribal council. If he flips, not only has he isolated Kara, he then has Gerald and Kez, who are going to be absolutely fuming at him. Absolutely fuming. They've already lived through a blind side where, the, uh, where Big D was lost, someone that they liked. <laughs> they are not going to take this line down. The first thing they're going to do is go to Laura and, um, and Rachel and Laura and Rachel have had a very checkered past with George. I could see it very easily them saying, OK, cool, we're the new full minority, majority, let's get rid of um, George and Cara. Oh, well, I think he made the right decision. Let's go on to Laura, right? Um, uh, does Laura have, like, nine lives? Let's talk <laughs> about her. Can she still save herself from being eliminated? 
I mean, it doesn't seem so. It really seems like this should be it. But you never know how it's going to go. We have seen George approach her. I think it's a little late in the numbers now, but you never know. And also, I think the Simon blind side is going to absolutely have a ripple effect across both tribes. Will Braun want to stay together? Will Kez and Emmett realize that their former allies and Simon and Flick are totally at odds? Will this fracture something here? So I think that could save her, but she does seem like an easy pre-merge boot before we move on to the next phase of the game. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, more on that later. But first, let's take a quick break because we've got so much more to talk about. <laughs> Welcome back. This week, Nick got the chance to speak to Simon about his shocking elimination. It was amazing. Let's take a look. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exit interview. And this one, this one hurts. This one hurts the heart a little bit because I'm here with Simon. Simon, what? How did this happen? How? Why am I talking to you? Oh man, yeah, I did not want to be talking to you this early. Uh, Nick, first of all, I have to say, mate, it's so good to chat. My, uh, it, it's a huge fan. Uh, the OG Thank snake you. himself. Um, yeah, wow. What a what a what a roller coaster I've been on to get myself here and to end up talking to you with these little bad boys in my hands. It's, <laughs> oh no, yeah. you've got them. Yeah, <laughs> I've got them. I've got them. They're currently worth two hundred fifty thousand dollars each. So if you want one, <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> It's all right. I've already blown <laughs> enough money playing Survivor. So. <laughs> oh man! What's the reception been? Can you can you just give me a little bit of a back? What's the what's the, the the word on the street? I know we're all in lockdown, but like you know, when you're out on the street, what's the the word on the street been like for people when they see you? Because you've been a huge part of the season. Yeah, and I'm I'm really grateful to um you know that that everyone's followed my storyline, but I. I'm very grateful to have all the support that I've had. Like everyone has been, you know, so supportive um, and I'm really feeling the love on the way through. Um, I've definitely given a lot of people heart attacks uh, <laughs> along the way. Like my family, my mum, you know, has just been like, when is this going to calm down? Like the first four episodes were so up and down for me. And um, yeah, I, you know, it was nice to finally get to a point where I had some kind of control and consistency, but I'm absolutely loving the ride in this side of it. It's been, um, it's been really cool, but one of my highlights has probably been that uh, someone co has commented that it's good to see a player looking like me, looking like Lee and playing like Nick. So there's a little uh, feather in your hat. Yeah, because I definitely do not look like you, that's for sure. <laughs> no one wants guns to... compared to JLPs. Like... Yeah. No one wants to see me in a speedo, trust me. <laughs> Simon, a big part of your of your game this season was this rivalry with Shannon. It's kind of like it was from day one. How did this come about? What is the genesis? What's the origin story? Yeah, so I did have a, um, a really fierce rivalry with Shannon. Um, but I mean, first of all, I have to say she is such a lovely and a nice human. And I absolutely love my time in camp with her. Um, she had such a good a good heart and was really good at bringing, you know, bringing people around, uh, around her. Um, but look... <laughs> As the edit goes, like you can't show everything. Um, and I had an opportunity very early on in this game to bring a lot of people around me and to solidify myself in a majority and take myself through to merge with numbers. And that was a calculated decision that I was willing to take. Outside of that, Shannon was the one or really the only one in my eyes who knew the game, could pull the numbers together right. and right. actually wrangle that against me 
And yeah. so she just kind of became the first target. We obviously took that first swing and had that first miss, and then the you know the rest was kind of history from there. But it actually ended up being the right call because if you see Shannon's pre-game interview, she was out for a battle of the sexes, and me falling into that alpha male role, like you know, she was already coming for me before the show even started. It's one of those like game versus game moments, I guess, right? Where it's like, I know you have the ability to take me down, so I need to take you down first. And that, and that's it. Um, you know, I, I and my game wasn't focused around Shannon. Like, I definitely didn't have the blinkers on as much as she did. I was a little bit relieved when I, you know, after watching that back, I'm like, wow, I, I really needed to get her out when I did. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, you, you do have to keep your friends close and your enemies closer. But if I had my time again, Shannon and I could have worked together and we would have run that tribe. Well, that's my question, right? Did you Was there a situation where you ever could have worked together in the game? What would it have taken in the season, you know, not talking about in the future, like talking about in the season that we've just watched, what would it have taken to have brought you two together? Well, yeah, the, like, yes, but no, there probably was a, um, a situation where I thought I could work with Shannon. And that's when it really came to being Braun Strong. Yeah. Okay. Like I was so committed to that. Like I I had worked so bloody hard to win challenges and to bring our tribe together, knowing that statistically it was the best chance of for me having protection around yeah. me when it came through to merge and, and getting deep into the end game. You know, numbers to merge, numbers to merge, Braun Strong, Braun Strong was what I was really going for. Um, and it was just really unfortunate that, you know, when we kind of got to that position and, and Haley worked her magic and put us in that predicament when she came up with the scissors, paper, rock approach, and then Shannon just cracked straight away. And yeah. that kind of left me with an opportunity to take her down there. But I was I was willing to stay Braun Strong. And, and right. you can okay. see, see there that I wanted to take down Baden. I thought it was a smart option to load up on Baden. And I didn't think that Haley would have – I really think that Haley would have played it for herself if it had to come down right. to it. Um, but you know, I think the damage was already done and the door had opened for me to take that shot sure. and I needed to tie off that loose end. So you mentioned being an alpha, but one of the things that I've always felt about Survivor is that the alpha is usually the person who perhaps isn't that big of a fan of the game. What we have with you is someone who was a real super fan as well as the alpha. Can you kind of like talk to me about how you balance those two parts because they're not often seen in the same person you mentioned the playing like nick and looking like lee can can you explain that role of the alpha <laughs> um yeah it was it was a position that i was very aware of coming into the game because that's in my dna to fall into that leadership position um and i knew that i was going to be you know potentially jostling, jostling for the alpha role but it's not something that i ever wanted Right, um, and I was okay. quite re- I was quite reluctant within the first week, but even when we're like setting up the shelter and, and stuff like that, people are looking around and asking me questions. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? So I did end up falling into that role, and playing from there is a really tough position. It comes with its own set of challenges. You have to be socially aware. You have yeah. to be self-aware, and you have to make sure that you're inclusive and humble, and don't let your ego, you know, get to your, get to your head and really blow out. And despite what the edit says, I think I did a really good job of, of managing that and building a lot of social capital um, across there. I mean, we won so many challenges where we mm. were the dominant tribe on the way through. And having your having people together for more time gives the gives you know, more um, more time to develop and, and grow those relationships, which is so important. So it, yeah, it was a really fine balance and. Like, but on the flip side of that, I think I played a um, you become a shield for the people around you, yes. Like, I yeah. was a shield for any Emmett, 
standing in Chelsea and they were happy for me to take that take that position. But I knew that, you know, I had two other alphas with Emmett and Danny like underneath me. So I had to keep my ego in check but also manage theirs at the same time to make sure it felt democratic and felt okay. And, you know, they did stick with me on the way through. So, yeah, a challenging position to to, to go out it's from. tough. Yeah, um, it's tough. Yeah, and I, it was against everything in my pregame strategy, but yeah. it is what it is. It's, that's what happens, right? You get out there with all these intentions, I'm going to do this and that, and then you just, everyone starts to fall into those natural roles that you can't help. And it's like, well, I guess the shelter's got to be built. Someone's got to, someone's got to give the instruction. So that was quite interesting because I didn't build help build the shelter. Like I, right. you know, I we we chose fire. Like I know it looked like I was the one who chose fire, but we you know, we, 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 chose. We, we went to a vote. There were people put you know everyone put your hands up. What do you think we should go to? Like I made sure it was you know democratic and it was the right decision. We all agreed yeah. you know, down the track that taking you know we only got that tarp and we only got the rope at that you know at that time. Um, and we made fire, which was you know which was a, a miracle in itself. But it was the right decision. All right, so Simon, you were the ultimate challenge beast. Like it was, it was a beautiful thing to watch, really. Like, what was the tough and ch- toughest challenge that you endured out there? Uh, look, thank you. I will take the uh, the challenge beast uh, like in title. Um, not that I, you know, I don't think I was the only one out there. There were definitely a lot of challenge beasts, but it was something that I definitely pride myself on. And you know, I did have to hide my excitement at times about you know, <laughs> winning. So you know, you kind of have to manage that when you are so excited. But. Um, Look, the toughest challenge for me out there was definitely the the barbell and the sandbags. Like, that yeah. was just tough. Like, I'm I'm not an endurance athlete, um, and you know, I I don't have the flexibility to be able to reach around <laughs> and just hold that in that position. Like, I cramp now just doing that. So, look, full credit to Emmett there. Um, that that was tough. But the toughest thing for me was dealing with the the sleep deprivation. Okay. And the yeah, and just the the probably the adrenal fatigue. Um, like it was, it, I think it was 10 days, like, or until I found that first idol that I didn't properly sleep because I was constantly analyzing the game. Who do I need to talk to? What relationships yeah. do I need to build? How do I need to get myself out of this position where I can change the position that I'm in and, and fight on, you know, for, for another day and keep myself alive in this game. So yeah, the toughest thing for me was dealing with the, the, um, the, the adrenal fatigue and that, that sleep deprivation. It was tough. Um, all right, so you're a big fan. You, you've you've watched people find hidden immunity idols so many times on Survivor. What's it like to find one and then to find another one? <laughs> Sorry to oh, bring just, them up. Uh, probably the right time to be uh, you know putting the putting these bad boys on. Yeah. Oh, run us through it. What is as a fan? Try explain to the fans that 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 again. You talk about the adrenaline. You look. You watch. You watch people on TV and and you know you watch them find idols and you, you just. You just hope that you find one, you know, out there. And then to to find one at the time that I did was just incredible. And I know that the haters will go, oh, it's planted, you know, the, you know, suddenly the cameraman threw it at you. But the people who need the idols are the ones looking for it. And they're the mm-hmm. ones, you know, who, who do find them. Um, and look, to find one was just such a, a huge moment for me. It just meant so much. But then to find the second was like I was just pinching myself as this little fanboy going, holy hell, what are you doing right now? Like you've gone from the bottom. You were this phoenix who has risen from the ashes <laughs> and you are now untouchable. You know, don't don't get ahead of yourself because strange things have happened. <laughs> you know, it's it's it, it was just, it was a real dream come true. And you just, you have to make sure that, 
yeah, you do keep everything in check and be like, this still has to go day at a time. Don't get ahead of yourself. And I knew it was so important for me to, if I could keep my eye off the bottom and talk my way through another uh, another you know, tribal council, then I was going to be in a really good position once it came to came came to merge when I was really going to need these as a big threat. So, look, yeah. So as a as a full fanboy uh, of the show, to to find one idol was amazing, but then to find the second was like, ah, oh, it was a it was beyond my wildest dreams. Like I, I realized that I was going to have to fight for every inch in this game, and yeah. For a player like me, I don't have the luxury of being able to fly under the radar. So it was just such a game changer for me. But I knew at the same time I couldn't get ahead of myself. You know, yes. I still, you know, it's great to have them, but you can still be as vulnerable as I you know, did find out. And in the back of my mind, I'm just thinking, do not go home with two. Do not go home with two. Do not go home with two. And uh, here we are. So you actually were, were consciously thinking that this could be a possibility. Oh, 100%. Like, um, I think before that tribal council um, in that night uh, when I was having my um, one of my final confessionals, I said, look, there's an 80% chance that Flick goes home tonight, 10% chance that Flick has an idol, 10% chance that I get blindsided by my tribe. I'm I'm very much a realist and know the full, um, you know, th- there can always be twists and turns in this game. And, yeah, you can never be too complacent. You can never be too, you know, too far ahead of yourself. So... Yeah, I I definitely kept that in check, and yeah, I was I was obviously just so confident in well not not confident, but I just you just have to have some blind faith in these yeah. people who you know you're working against. It's such a weird position to, to be in, um, and I think I just I just needed that to work for me so much, and and yeah, that they they took advantage of me. So what are the? <laughs> this is probably a bit you know hard to answer, but what are you going to do with the idols now? Like where where are they setting? Setting are they going to be a nice pair of earrings? What are they? Decorations? <laughs> Hide them in a drawer where you never have to look at them again. What what's the plan? No, I think I'm definitely going to like frame one up. I did want to have um I did want to hang one around the uh the reversing camera on my um or reverse mirror on my <laughs> on my car, but I feel like that would just be asking for someone to break in um and smash yeah. my windscreen and take him. <laughs> Yeah, look, I'll definitely get one framed. And, um, yeah, I'm selling one for $250,000. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about this Double Trouble Council, right? So this was a fantastic yeah. episode. So we're at the Double Trouble Council, and you are actually able to influence Emmett and, and Way to vote out Shannon. What was going through your mind at that time? Yeah, so that was a pretty, um, you know, a pretty big, um, big twist. Um my mind was definitely going a mile a minute. Like I, there was so much going through my head, but tribal council is, you know, it's your arena. It's where you're, you're there to play and it's where the best and worst of people come out and you have to be cool, calm and collected under pressure. So this was all going down and it was twist after twist and an opportunity popped up for me to put the nail in the coffin. I kind of realized that if, if we're if only one person's going home and it's not Shannon, like I'm toast. Like if that, yeah. that will come back to bite me. Like yeah. I've already dodged two bullets in this game. I need to I need to finish the job here. And it was just a bit of quick thinking on my feet. Um, probably a little bit inspired by uh, by Benji in his Shan moment. Um, but just knowing I what kind that of was capable. Yeah, yeah that, I, I played that back in my head and like yeah, that's great. Um, and and then just yeah, made made the most of it. And look, I think. 
Shannon had a real opportunity to respond. Like she could have just asked, I won't say begged, but she could have just asked, be like, hey, send me to fire, let me fight for my yeah. own spot in this game. And unfortunately, she just froze. So it's it was really like you know, hard to see from her perspective, but like, God, it was so relieving like to, to see Shannon's torch finally get snuffed. And probably more so, like it was a little bit heart, heartbreaking for me because I did have a bit of a devil's handshake with Shannon that we would keep each other's name out of the urn, but you know that that all changes very quickly. But then once she said, you know, I was all I wanted to do was get Simon out, and then after watching it back, and she said, all or you know, winning Survivor was like beating Simon in this game. <laughs> I'm like, wow! Like I didn't realize yeah. the gravitas of how important that moment <laughs> was for me. So yeah, I'm 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 really proud I managed to put that nail in that coffin. A good reminder to future Survivor players, you take every single opportunity. You don't even let one slip of an opportunity get by you. And that's exactly what you did in that moment. And I think that is 100%. what made the difference. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely recommend that to any future players. Like, you you know, you got you to gotta push the boundaries. You've got you to gotta go until you've been told no. And, you know, if you don't take the most of that, if you're not looking out for yourself, no one else is going to. Yeah. Um, was there anyone else in the game that you wanted to have worked with that you didn't get a chance to? Yeah, um, definitely Haley and and Way. Um, as soon as Braun Strong was was a dead dead thing in 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 my books, that you know I was I was so invested with with Haley and Haley and Way and Baden, and I thought that that was going to be the you know, the best option for for me and for my alliance moving forward to have numbers around us and numbers for for protection. Um, and yeah, I was, I was committed to taking the next steps through with them. Um, look, apparently they had, uh, they had other options there, <laughs> other plans, other plans. Um, but then I think, uh, I think George, I think that I missed out a little bit on the George experience and I'm a little bit grateful, like watching it back because, you know, you look, you love to hate him and hate to love him. I've loved watching yeah. him play, you know, and, and the, the ups and downs of it all. Um, but yeah, it would have been God, it would have added more chaos to my, uh, my storyline. So yeah, maybe not. But yeah, I, I, I do love George. Well, you mentioned Haley, So she has very carefully been pulling the strings. Um, would you say that it's her that's leading the tribe? I wouldn't say that Haley's necessarily leading the tribe because you find yourself outside the numbers in a very precarious situation. Um, but she's a genius and such a, you know, a strategical mind to be able to play from that spot but still have the power. So that's what I'm really impressed about with how yeah. Haley has played. Not just in seeing what she's done, but what she's doing behind the scenes in terms yeah, of building okay. those relationships and bringing people in. Like, you know, she has been so phenomenal all the way through. So I wouldn't say she's leading, but the way that she's been able to pull the strings and adapt so quickly on the fly has been really impressive. And I think that's what the best survival players do because, you know, it's all well and good to be able to just coast through under the radar and you make it through to the final six or whatever. But like, if you truly come to play, you do need to be able to adapt and create and be proactive and build. And Haley has just smashed that. So it's been so impressive to see and be a part of. I, I can't be mad at her. <laughs> well, one of the things that your tribe and including Haley came up with was this idea of throwing the challenge, this final immunity challenge that you didn't participate in. Did you think that that was happening? Did you think it was a possibility or was that just like a complete blindside as well? Yes, it was a blindside when we when we threw the challenge at that moment. You I'd say we. Spoken... I, you say we. I don't know if you're in saying we. I, no, that's definitely an I. That's definitely an I because everyone was in on it except for me. 
Um, look, I spoke to Danny about the potential of throwing the challenge because it might have been our last chance to get rid of Flick, who I know would have run back to Gerald um, and Kez um, in and back to the Braun. And when I was trying to create this new alliance, that was the way I wanted, wanted it to go forward. So when it actually happened at the time, I was furious, like watching them. Okay. I can't yeah. believe I was part of a tribe that threw an immunity challenge. Like, I don't, I don't think that's actually happened in an immunity challenge before. So, like, it, it was mind blowing. But here I am. It was led by Danny, and Danny's the one who I'm so loyal to, and so like, you know, she's the one I need to I need to trust. So to watch her, you know, make the decision on that was just so heartbreaking and then yeah. I couldn't voice my fury or my disappointment. I just had to be like, well, you know, this is Danny and, you know, she's in my alliance. So I guess I, you know, I trust and respect my alliance's decision. And I'm just so angry on the inside that, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that I was the collateral coming out of that. So you, so you mentioned being feeling heartbroken by this blind side. Have you had yeah. a chance to chat, chat with Danny since and you know what's the what's the healing process been like there after being so savagely blindsided by your allies? Uh, yeah, look, it it's one thing to be blindsided by your tribe, and look, it happens. Like it's happened to the, the, the some of the, the best players, and even with an idol in your pocket. But it's another thing to be blindsided by your own alliance, mm. and that is it's really heartbreaking. Like when I was so. Loyalty was a big part of my game. I mean, being a big player, you have to show vulnerability to show trust. And, you know, that's why I did tell them about the second idol, which ended up being, you know, to my to my own detriment. But it was a way of showing that I am here for you. You know, I told yeah. Danny that I was going to, you know, Danny and I had a pact to go to the final two together. Like we had a, um, I told her that she could even hold one of the idols. Like, you know, I was so in it with her. So to then, you know, have that turn on me was it's really hard to process. Um, you know, I've since been able to, you know, it, it is a bit of a tip to me that, you know, you were just such a big threat and then having two idols does make you such a big threat. But I wish you could have seen it as an opportunity to be able to continue to use me as a shield, continue to, you know, have me there to take the heat away from her. And, you know, I've never seen anyone turn on an alliance so early in the game of Survivor. Like, it's kind of mind-blowing from a statistical standpoint that as to why someone would do that so i i guess from here i hope that danny either goes on to win or she's next out like i hope that it was the you know, either the best decision or the worst decision for her so which is the move of yours that you're most proud of <sighs> yeah okay there are two moves which really uh stand out for me um okay and the first is the first is the benny vote i think it takes a lot of social capital to be out there in that position like you know and I think people underestimate that. Like just when you, you're pitching for your life and you don't have that idol to to protect you, like just what it meant that, you know, I was in this minority alliance, but I still managed to connect with, you know, Big D and Shannon to an extent who was pinning for me so hard to be able to get them to, you know, throw me a line because I deserved to be there. Like yeah. that was a that was a huge play um, to be able to talk my way through that one. And, oh, man, I think it was a massive mistake, to be honest. Like, you know, you've got to, you know, it was obviously to Shannon's detriment. And you, you've got to you've got to tie off that loose end when you can. Yeah, that was a crazy, yeah, like crazy, crazy to act in their worst interest. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So yeah, that was a huge move for me. But then I think the, the second is definitely putting the um putting the nail in Shannon's coffin. And yeah, I just think it was um you know it was just so perfectly executed in the heat of the moment. You know, it was the it was the right decision for me at that at that point in time. And you know, I, I think it's just it's you know the tribal council really brings out 
the best players. So I, I'm, I'm just so glad that I was able to pull that off so seamlessly there. Couple more questions. What, what was your, you know, really quickly, what was your end goal? Like what was your plan moving into the next stretch of the game? Obviously everyone wants to win, <laughs> yeah. but what were you planning on doing with these idols? Look, I, I had a realization about this time that it was going to be really bloody hard for me to win. Like yeah. I knew I was going to be a challenge threat and but I, I knew I had these idols and a really tight alliance around me. So I think that's why I was so just hopeful that maybe if I was to go through, if I can talk my way through this one and Haley, Wayne, Baden vote with me this time around, then it might just be the chance I need to be able to win a bunch of immunity, individual immunity challenges and then also be able to protect my alliance and kind of go from there. Like it was definitely going to be a, you know, the race, the, you know, the best horse goes off the front, which is really hard to do. Um, but I think I'd also proven myself that I was able to adapt and adjust so quickly in this game to be able to proceed and move forward. So there's going to be a combination of a few of those things. And, you know, there are so many sliding door moments. You never know how it's really going to go down. Um, and, you know, there's just a, there would have been a few prayers to the survivor gods in between. <laughs> so if you could play again, and, and look, I would hope that one day we get the chance to see it, what would you do differently? What's the one thing that you think, oh, I need to tweak that? Play an idol. <laughs> simple. The one thing. Simple. So simple. simple. I Don't let that, it burn a hole in your pocket. Yeah. I know. Like, I knew I needed to hang on to them to, to actually have a crack at winning. But at the same time, I know you need to get there to be able to have a chance of winning first. So, you know, I knew if I had a chance to talk my way out of it, I could. What I wouldn't do differently, I, I you know, I'd still um, – I'd still be myself. I'd still play hard, play fair, um, you know, have fun and enjoy the experience, which I loved every moment of it. Yeah. And just be a good human, you know, treat everyone well and treat everyone with respect and, and dignity. And I feel like I really did all of that. And then, you know, apart from that, like you've just got to, you've just got to work with the, with the cards in front of you and work out what's best for you at that, at that time, because you'll never know. And, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but at the time there's only so many things that you have. Um, but, Maybe not be so trusting and so loyal. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to take out the whole game? Oh, this is a um, yeah. This is a this is something I think about a lot. Um, from my perspective, I hope it's Danny. I hope Danny goes the whole nine yards, or she fails next. Um, <laughs> look, I re I, re I really want a brawn to win. Um, yeah. But then that kind of died for me. I'd love to see a big challenge threat win because it's a really hard thing to do. So like maybe someone like Emmett. Um, but then like, I don't know, I've just got this soft spot for Way. Like I think that what she's overcome to be out there and how much she's been able to prove, like she's proven herself and it's been really special for me to watch. And yeah, someone who does sneak under the radar. So I, yeah, I hope it'd probably be Way, um, Way, Danny or, or, or Emmett for me at this stage. Well, Simon, you brought so much to the season. Thank you so much. I like not only from a gameplay perspective, but for all the people on Twitter who are thirsting over you and you and your speedos. So thank you so much on behalf of all of them. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Where did you get that from? <laughs> well, thank you, Simon. You are an absolute legend. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens after your shock exit from the game. Oh, uh, Nick, the OG snake. It's been an absolute pleasure, my man. Thank you very much for having me on. Welcome back. We just heard Simon chat about his time in the Outback.
He's the first contestant in Australian Survivor history to walk away with two idols in his pocket. Shannon, did you see this coming? I think Simon is such a huge character. He seemed a little destined for a big fall. I don't know if I saw it with two idols or in the pre-merge so early. Uh, a massive credit to Haley for pulling this off. I think it was a terrible move for Danny, but they got it done. Oh, and also now he's got one for each um, bedside table lamp, mm-hmm. which I think exactly. will be a lovely matching set. Um, I want to know um, how big of a blindside was Simon's elimination in the context of Survivor history? Talk to me about that, Nick. Look, obviously it's happened a couple of times before in the US Survivor, but in terms of Australian Survivor, this is as big as it gets, right? I was devastated for Simon. I loved Simon as a character. He knows the game. He wanted to be there so badly. Mm -hmm. But, like, it was just too juicy of a carrot for Danny. And, of course, Haley's going to pounce on that. Now, what is the strategy of going into individual awards like the candy shop? Nick, I'll get you to take this one first because I remember you guys basically drove a bulldozer through yours to look for idols and this one seemed like they sort of left the place quite intact. Yeah, like I was... I was, uh, I loved watching Kez stuff her face with snakes and then then dip their hands in the chocolate, but we completely eviscerated the cake shop last time. I think the strategy is this. One... You have to plan for the fact that you might get one of these rewards where it's the seven-minute allocation. Plan beforehand. Speak with your alliance. How are we going to decide who goes first? Because you want to go in the first couple. Maybe not first, but I reckon two or three is the sweet spot. And if you don't find anything, destroy, destroy, (laughs) destroy. Shannon, wouldn't you have tipped out that entire bowl of white chocolate? (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I have some decorum in life whether no, there are people watching no. me in life like I know Nick can't speak to that every year on Nick's birthday now I post a gif of him just going to town on a pile of cakes <laughs> and that is a gift that Australian Survivor has given me but I think I have some shame <laughs> maybe some other people don't now um, I want to talk about Danny working with Haley to get out the alpha do you think that was a smart move or do you think that was a massive mistake Shan I think we've immediately seen how bad a move this was. Like, she thinks she's in control, but she's not. And I love the idea of Haley blindsiding Danny as she blindsides Simon. Like, Danny needs Simon and his idols. I know it's a big threat, but right now she really needs that. She thinks she can replace that relationship with Haley and the brains, but she has misread that. And we saw that so immediately because clearly she's not very important to Haley's plans. And I think Haley made a really necessary move to protect Flick as that collateral because there was the real chance that Simon would play one of his two idols and she would go home. She shows that she's in control. And I think Danny is heading back to camp right now, knowing she made a massive mistake, got rid of a really important relationship. And now she's probably next to go on that tribe. I do have to say, I, nothing made my heart sing more than um, code Sandra Bullock. I love a Sandra Bullock <laughs> reference. I love a Sandra Bullock movie. Nick, what did you think about the Sandra Bullock blindside? It, it felt like, not Sandra Bullock blindside, it felt like Sandra Bullock bird box. Like, that was the, <laughs> because Danny was blinded. She was blinded by the fact that she wanted to build her resume. Danny, you are at the pre-emerge. <laughs> Even if you get to the end, you have plenty of other chances to build your resume. It was so short-sighted. The margins between brain and brawn are so razor thin that you need someone who's got two idols on your side because if they've got two, they're more than willing to play, they're perhaps more willing to play one on a very close ally. Completely bad move, and Haley flipped the script perfectly. Now, I... I you... Yes, Shan? 
you could get a lot of Sandra Bullock movies. The proposal, Haley was kind of proposing it to to Sweet. Danny. Like we could really just go through the whole catalogue. Miss Congeniality and Miss Congeniality yeah. Two. Exactly. Speed because the it was speed like franchise. a franchise. <laughs> it was a bus crashing into Danny's future in the game. Yes, exactly. Now I want to know: Does George and Cara attending tribal council affect Braun's strategy? Because that was a, could have been a huge spanner in the works hadn't Baden been able to communicate what their plan was. What do you think, Shan? I mean, credit to Baden for getting it done. It didn't spook Simon yeah. enough to play one of his two idols. I probably would have just left them to their own devices. There's nothing they could have done other than put two votes on Flick, which would have sent it to a revote that um, they would have had the majority in anyway. So I would have left it to their own devices, but credit to Baden for getting it done, and they just absolutely nailed it at every single point of this plan in terms of Haley. Baden and the former brains. Did it make you nervous, Nick? Definitely, but I, I disagree with Shannon because I think that, it, it yes, it didn't matter what they did because even if they did spook him, we lose an idol and Danny goes home anyway, That the brains get what they want. But what was more important in that moment is connecting with people who could potentially be your allies in two or three days when you go to merge. So that window of opportunity to chat to someone and prove your loyalty to them in the voting booth you don't get that in the run-up to merge. You never see the other tribe at Tribal Council. So I thought that they took the opportunity perfectly to at least solidify, come merge, hey, maybe we can get back on the same page here. And once again, they- uh, what about a round of applause for Jonathan for letting that just happen, Baden's little whisper just happen mm-hmm. instead of calling it out? All the amazing stuff from him. And they have yes, every yes. part of the plan covered. As you said, even if they do spook him, Danny is still going home. So I think, mm-hmm. look... As we've said, Haley is just running circles around everyone else. It couldn't really go poorly. Whichever way she decided to go, she was going to have success. So that's a credit to her. Now, um, let's talk about Haley. Um, she made the decision to split the vote between Danny and Simon, which was huge. Do you think it's going to have consequences, Nick? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I think Danny now knows, OK, they are not with me. Whether Danny can cobble something together is a different story. But I, I was I wanted to ask you guys this. Yeah. Do you think Haley and the brains on the tribe can blame the three votes on Danny on Flick, Kara and George? Because if they can, maybe they can mitigate Danny's kind of anger. Oh, you clever little teacher. Um, no, well, I reckon that's great. What do you think, Shan? I mean, that's kind of a brilliant idea. It's not something that you usually are able to do because you don't usually have two people who yes. did not come back with you to camp. So that would be you amazing if they could do that and just have, like, more of that subterfuge. Either way, I think they're okay because, again, Danny's probably gone next. She has almost no allies in the game. I'm sure she is coming back to camp absolutely fuming. But I wonder if this is, like, the, the maddest someone's ever been, the most blindsided someone's ever been when they actually controlled this blindside <laughs> in some ways. Like, she got out her time. She led that plan. And so she comes back to camp so blindsided. I think that's a really interesting dynamic. Oh, and Perfect. just the fact that that was going to go on Danny's resume, but then, like, <laughs> it's like Haley stole her homework. Yeah. <laughs> and said, actually, no, I'm going to put my name on that. Absolutely brilliant. I want to talk about the idea now of throwing challenges. We touched on it earlier on, and that was Emmett's plan. Nick, what do you think about the world of throwing challenges? I think that it is all about when in the game. So I call the post-swap, pre-merge, the throw zone. That is the zone, that is the time when you can throw a challenge and you may even really consider it to save an ally on another side or to get rid of someone who swapped into your tribe who you don't want. Anytime outside of the throw zone, you don't want that. I've been outside of that throw zone. Someone tried to convince me to, to throw a challenge, not having a bar of it. 
Now, we are coming close to merge. We know that. So let's discuss tribe alliances and how important that is going into this next phase of the game. Shannon. I think we're coming into a very, very interesting merge. Both tribes and both swap iterations have had a completely chaotic time of it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how these relationships form because even with the OG tribe, there's so much fracturing that has happened and in these swap tribes. So the way that it's going to go, I think it's going to be who can pull in the most numbers. And based on what I've seen so far, that'll probably be Haley. I tell you what, though, I just want to say Simon's busted thong on the way to voting. He should have listened to the sign. <laughs> the thong. The thong. Yes, no, no, no. Always listen to your thongs. Look, as we know, Merge is approaching and the tribe mates are starting to think about their long-term game. Stay tuned because after the break, I chat with Luke Toki about all things Merge. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Australian Survivor Talking Tribal. We've got Luke Toki joining us on set. Hey, Luke. Hey, Nate. How are you? Fantastic. How is that shirt? It is very golden. Yeah, the golden god through that in the bin, didn't you? <laughs> no, it's not long before we see the tribe mate drop their team buffs and merge as one. So what was going through your head before merge? Um, well, you want to make merge. Merge is the ideal place to be because then it becomes an individual game. Mm. This is where you can rely on a lot of your social relationships that you've built, you know, pre-merge. And now it comes down to individual challenges and hoping those relationships work for you yep. if you don't win the immunity necklace. So, before merge, is it really important to catch moments with the other teams so you've got something to build on? That's exactly why they have tribe swaps. Yeah, they have right. these cross-tribe interactions. So, this is where those small little interactions, whether you're talking down to someone yep. cross-tribe in a challenge... Uh, whether you're sitting there, you know, saying derogatory things to other players, whatever it is, little snippets from uh, other contestants kind of come into play now. Oh, okay, that's some groundwork, isn't it? Now, what advice would you give the brain and brawn tribes at this point? Oh, okay, all right. So this is where you need to work. Yeah. Um, a lot of players don't realise, but nighttime survivor play is where it happens. Nighttime. Right? Nighttime. So what happens is you've only got certain hours during the day, but at nighttime a lot of people go to sleep. So you've got a short amount of time to build these cross-tribe relations and yep. you need to build it quick. And especially with, when it comes to merge, you're always going to favour favor and go with someone that you've spent more time with, yep. whether you're talking about life, whether you're talking about the game, whatever that is. And so whoever's doing the work at night right now, especially coming to Merge, is going, it's going to be fruitful for yep. them pushing on forward. So a lot of things happening behind shrubs in the dark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's all recorded, remember. Of course. They record recorded. you when you sleep. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not talk about your weekend. Is there any way that you can prepare yourself for Merge? Is it, what can you do? Well, look, you know, especially the Braun tribe, if you've won a lot of rewards by now, um, you're coming in to, to merge quite healthy. Yep. You're coming together, you know, if you've got a minority alliance, you might need to just pull a few players across and then all of a sudden you have majority. Uh, but so what happens is, is the first vote come merge is the most important. Yeah. Really, really important. You want to make sure you're on the right side of the numbers because as soon as you fall on the wrong side, it can... 
you know, things can go bad really quickly for you because you become pickings. Yeah, right. So what's the biggest difference between like working in a team and playing by yourself? Do your strategies have to change or what? Yeah, you'll find that strategies change uh, quite quickly when it comes to merge. So you have to use all the information you've got to try to make the best decision you can to get you to the end and and rely on those relationships and those trusts. But you'll find trust gets burnt quickly when it comes to merge because there's less people. So what goes through your head when you make it to that special time in the game when you hear the words, drop your buffs? I'm guessing a little bit of panic would go in because I would want to try and make a relationship or a move as quick as I could. Yeah, it, it is that. It, I think the first thing is, like, like I've, I've done something that I never thought I could. Yeah. Right. You know, it, it really is a sense of accomplishment, you know. I feel like um, irrelevant of um, how you place after that, but getting your merge buff also secures yourself in jury, which jury helps decompress you after a game because it's so exhausting. So I think... It's the it's amazing. It's amazing feeling, but you know the game's about to start. Is it always is it also exciting to get a fresh buff because your old buff stinks? Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is it. Uh, small thing. I'm so upset. It's almost time for us to go, but first we're going to award an imaginary trophy for the biggest play of the week. Shannon, my friend, where is your award going? I gave it to her last week. I'm going to have to give it again to Haley for the blind side oh. of the blind side. She's honestly one of the best players I've seen in a while. She is incredible at this game. But I also kind of want to call out Emmett because I thought he was on point for a lot of this week. I didn't expect that to happen, but he was good. And Nick, what about you? Oh, look, undoubtedly Haley. But I'm going to snap off the little pointy bit at the top of the trophy and give that to Baden who I think is a really good Alliance member. I love what he did at Tribal Council. And I just love that he is so in lockstep with Hayley. Let's hope that we can see that continue. Uh, I mean, Hayley, hands down, she is amazing. But um, let's talk about Laura's hair, guys. Um, I want to give her a special award for grooming. Uh, when she put her hand through her hair and her hair came, her hand came out black, that was disgusting, Nick. Did you ever get that dirty? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, like I just don't have the hair. Now. What about you, <laughs> Shannon? You're all that dirty now. Oh, no, I was going to say, Nick's that dirty. I mean, as I've said, I would not jump face first into cake, and Nick would. So we'll ask him how dirty he would get. I think we've seen it. <laughs> there was cake everywhere. <laughs> A I've big seen it. thank you to Shannon, Nick, and Luke. Thanks, guys. Uh, keep watching Australian Survivor Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays at 7.30 on 10. And a new Australian Survivor Talking Tribal episode will drop every Tuesday night on Templay or on your favourite podcast app. Now, here's the moment that you've all been waiting for, a little sneak peek of what's to come on Australian Survivor. See you next week. After 26 long days, brains and brawn... <laughs> You're kidding. ...are no more. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Guys, drop your buffs, we are moving! Yeah!